Let's go. Born ready, yo. Let's do it. Hello, I'm Kimberly Adams. Welcome, everyone, back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. I'm Kyle Rizdahl. Thanks for joining us on this Monday. It is the 31st, the very last day of July, 2023. Yes, and we are going to do some news, and then we're going to get you smiling. I actually have two of those today. Uh, But first, news as per usual. Kai, what's your news? So uh, mine uh, ventures into the political a little bit, but it's but it's political with sort of a, an economic twist. So uh, Governor DeSantis uh, gave a speech, a policy speech up in New Hampshire today um, in, in which uh, it, it was really interesting. He, he leaned populist, but also sort of um, appealing to to a slightly broader audience in in one uh, aspect of his speech. So. Uh, the the name of the game is that Governor DeSantis obviously is trying to come way back from way behind Donald Trump in the polls. Um, and he gave a speech or something, today. right? Oh, I know it's it's unbelievable. And and look, the the politics of Ron DeSantis's campaign is, is a whole different thing. But he is trying mm. now to get some economic traction. One of the things he's doing is going after China and American policy toward China. He said in the speech today that he wants to revoke China's most favored nation treat most uh, favored nation status. That is to say, uh, trading status within the world trading organization in which the lowest tariffs and fees apply, which was a condition of China's entry into the World Trade Organization. Um, he wants to fire Jay Powell. He didn't say this in, in as many words, but that is the subtext. Um, he also. Uh, wants to get rid of TikTok. He calls it, uh, not incorrectly, very, very toxic. Um, Also, interestingly, he wants to allow student loans to be able to be discharged more easily through bankruptcy. Um, Which we talked about last week, yeah. uh, We did, I know. And which, you know, it is is possible to do, but it is very, very, very difficult. And with something north of $1.6 trillion in student loans out there, it's a big deal for a lot of people. So uh, DeSantis is making an economic move uh, following Trump in some regards, sort of getting tough on China and and sort of being really um, hardcore there. And, and look, the Biden administration has left a lot of those Trump tariffs uh, in place for, for a whole lot of reasons, but also appealing to, you know, some of the more progressive elements of the Democratic Party, which want to allow for uh, student loans to be discharged through bankruptcy and, and some other things. So it's it's a very interesting economic move by uh, the, the second place governor of Florida as campaign. That's really campaign. interesting. Um I haven't looked at this speech. I'll have to go back and look at it. But I don't think it's necessarily a push for progressive Democrats as well, much as no, it is for no, young Republicans. Because think about point. it. Young, young Republicans do not particularly love Trump for the most part. It tends to be older Republicans, yeah. right? That's a very good point. And so you could get quite a decent slice of younger Republicans who may have wanted to just sit it out to yeah. – get on board with DeSantis with that student loan thing. That's actually totally pretty smart. Point. Very good yeah. point. Absolutely. But, but, you know, DeSantis is now going to the economy as a policy thing, as mm. opposed to what he has done, you know, the last four, five, eight months that he's been a pseudo candidate and now candidate, which is the cultural issues and, and those sorts of things. So we'll see where he goes. Okay. What do you got? Uh, I have a little bit of news you can use because it's hard to ignore the heat. Um, There's this uh, website, heatmap.news, which I'm still exploring, just discovered it today. But they've got this big long list of, well, it's like five things, of things that you can do to sort of heat proof your home or at least 
um, how to prepare your house for a hotter future because the heat that we're experiencing now is likely to be something we're going to experience in the future. And so as we were talking about, I guess it was last week, wanting to have a little bit of agency around, you know, impending doom of mm-hmm. climate crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what can you do to sort of try to keep your home as cool as possible without, you know, destroying the world. Um, and there's several things that you can do. Obviously, there's the more expensive things like replacing your windows and installing solar panels or um, doing new insulation. But you can also do, you know, like sealing, like sealing up any cracks where air gets in. Mm-hmm. Also, the importance of um, shades and curtains that those just blocking the sun coming in and blocking, you know, um, heat coming in can be very helpful. There's films you can put on your windows to try to reflect back some of that heat. I saw on TikTok someone who got um, <laughs> some kind of like insulation sheeting from the hardware store, like the reflective mm-hmm. um, sheeting, and they put it up. Uh, over their windows, you know, s- the same way people in the wintertime would oh, yeah. like, seal off the windows with plastic. They yep. did this instead with this like reflective sheeting that's like a little bit insulating. And it, you, they had a temperature gun and you could see the temperature in the room significantly drop just by covering up the glass of the windows. It made the room dark, but it did something for the mm-hmm. heat. And so, you know, I think that we're all going to have to do something. I mean, replacing your incandescent bulbs uh, with LED lights, which, you know, we all should be transitioning anyway. But incandescent bulbs give off heat, landscaping and things like that. So I think, you know, I just put um, new shades up in, in my house. And I definitely noticed one day I had them up trying to give my plants some light so they didn't die. And it was really hot. And so the next day I was mm. like, you all will have filtered light today and you will survive. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff that we can do. Uh, small things in the short term to lower our temperature indoors, which hopefully means we have to use AC less, which in general would help the environment. Right. So Totally. There you go. Totally. That's, That's cool. my news. Heatmap.news. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right, Drew. All right, go ahead. Okay, I have two. The first one is very Washington and super fun. So apparently there has been there have been two groups of interns on Capitol Hill this this summer. Lisa Murkowski's interns, a senator from Alaska, the Republican senator from Alaska, and they have been competing to see if they can get photos with all of the senators. And the first oh, cohort funny. of interns did seventy, got seventy five of them, and this last cohort got all one hundred. And the story wow. starts with them like staking out right before the Senate was getting ready to go to recess, and they only needed one more photo. And so they've been like all over the Capitol all summer trying to get pictures with all the senators, and it's become like a thing on the Hill that everybody's been encouraging them. And the senators have gotten on board, and the reporters have been tracking their progress on whatever that site is now. And, you know, it's just really cute. So apparently one of the uh, the HuffPost politics reporter, Igor Bobic, tweeted in July, Hell hath no fury like the group of Murkowski interns terrorizing the entire Senate with requests for photos. For but then I guess they them. got upset with him and he said it. Welcome. He updated, the group of very impressive Murkowski interns just backed me into a wall to contest my use of terrorizing to describe their efforts at getting a <laughs> selfie with the entire Senate. We'll be running a correction mm. shortly. <laughs> oh, that's great. 
That is so great. congrats to those oh, interns. Man. I think that these are high school students, by the way, not like college interns. Yeah. They're high school students on their way to go to college, which I think is awesome. super cool. A little, little esprit right. de corps right there. I kind of love that. Yeah, why not? Um, so my second one is uh, randomly also related to birds, Twitter, I guess, X. Ugh. Anyway, yeah, in Vox, <laughs> there's this wonderful story. And I'm just going to give you the headline. Birds have co-opted our anti-bird weapons in a genius counterattack. Yep. Give that headline writer a raise. That's amazing. So you know on, on buildings and where they put those spikes up on the um, tops of the building to stop birds from roosting mm-hmm. there and pooping on everyone? So apparently yep. in multiple places, magpies and crows have stolen these spikes and used them to make their nests. Mm-hmm. Using the spikes, crows are smart. For the crows are super smart. Uh, Using the spikes basically to prevent other birds from getting into their nests, or to create a structure for the nest, which I just thought was very entertaining. um, That the birds are just taking what we thought was going to harm them and using it to help themselves, which I just think is great. It's great and clever. Made me smile. Good looking. No, it's great. It's awesome. And there's uh, there's amazing right. photos in this yeah. Vox article oh, showing are, yeah. the nests. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Because that's what we need, impregnable bird's nests with spikes on yes. the outside. Um, yes. So I saw this the other day on Kotki.org, which is kind of a repository of all things sort of weird and interesting and kind of cool. So at Sotheby's this past week, there was a lot that was, and I'm just going to read it here. Carl Sagan and Anne Druyan's personal copy of the master audio recording of the famed NASA Voyager Golden Record, New York, 22 June 1977. Two double-sided reels of quarter-inch reel-to-reel audio tape at seven and a half inches per second stored in their original Columbia Recording Studios boxes. So, Carl Sagan, very famous uh, astronomer. Anne Druyan later became his wife and and assist. I think she became his wife. She was assistant and, and worked on this project with him. So, on the Voyager spacecraft one and two, there was a gold record, literally, I think it was copper on the core and then gold on the inside. <clears throat> with all kinds of recordings of, of music and animal sounds and all this so that when that spacecraft is eventually found by a foreign civilization, and we did talk about UAPs the other day and how they're here and they could just pick up the record for themselves, I suppose. But anyway, mm. so this is so Carl Sagan was asked by NASA to come up with a recording that would symbolize humanity and Earth and all of that stuff, and they were going to send it on the spacecraft. What was sold at auction, and I can't log into the Sotheby's site because I don't have an, uh, a login, the estimate was between uh, 400000 and 600000 U.S. dollars. These two reel-to-reel tapes, and it's taken me back to like KQED and cutting and splicing reel-to-reel tape and all this jazz, right? Quarter-inch tape. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's super cool. These are the original ones from the guy and the woman who came up with what was going to go on this uh, these recordings. It's music, it's world language voices, it's whales, sounds of earth, music of the world. It's just cool. It's just cool. And it got sold. And they've got a picture of it too, actually. Yeah. Very Talk cool. about a flex Very if you cool. in your collection. Be like, oh, what do you want to listen right? to? Well, I do have the original totally. recording of the, the, the totally. golden record from Voyager. <laughs> want to I listen to that? Awesome. Totally. Yeah. I think it's really cool. I think it's really it cool. It is cool. If you're a space geek, well, there you go. There you go. Well, I mean, who who would be listening to this show that isn't also a space geek? <laughs> well, that's true. At this point, you'd be so that's over true. us. <laughs> God, would you? Anyway, 
<laughs> that's it for us today. We'll be back tomorrow with our weekly deep dive. This week, we're going to break down the economics of higher education in the U.S. to follow up on our conversation about student loans last week. We're going to get into why it's so expensive and how that's affecting the cost of college today. And oh my goodness, is it? We want to hear from you about everything, whether it's cost of college or what you think of Carl Sagan or whether you would have paid half a million dollars for that thing or anything at all. Let us know what's on your mind. Questions, comments, suggestions, we will take them all at 508-UB-SMART. Make me smart at marketplace.org is the email. Make Me Smart is produced by Courtney Bergseeker. Today's program was engineered by Drew Jostad. Ellen Rolfus writes our newsletter, and our intern is Neela Farshabandi. Marissa Cabrera is the senior producer of this podcast. Bridget Bodner is the director of podcasts at Marketplace World Headquarters. Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital and on demand. Those two things. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.